You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's UFC After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's UFC After Show. Hello and welcome to UFC AfterBuzz TV. We have another doubleheader for you this week. We had two events over the weekend, also 4th of July weekend and Fight Week Expo in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Our own Jay Tan was there. Uh, we have UFC 175, Leota Machida versus Chris Weidman. And we had the Ultimate Fighter Season 19 finale, which was Frankie Edgar and BJ Penn. Also, some awesome undercards. Mm-hmm. There was two weight classes in this division, but I'm Dari Baronado, Jay Tan, and Hello. George Armosa sitting next to me. Yay. <laughs> I'm excited about these ones. Yeah. More eventful than our one, last show, uh, I Yeah. One, one more weekend of uh, far more MMA than you can shake a stick at. Yes. A very big stick, even. And you were there. Yeah. In Las Vegas. I was for there. For all of it. Uh-huh. For... Uh, I, I, Attended UFC 175. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't catch the, uh, um, didn't attend the the Frankie Edgar uh, BJ Penn tough mm-hmm. uh, tough 19 finale. But uh, yeah, uh, went in there on uh, was it Wednesday or Thursday, I believe, and mm-hmm. stuck around. Uh, saw the UFC Fight Expo and uh, actually did um, did a media luncheon for uh, Art Davies' book that I'm uh, working on. We'll just plug that bad boy right here. Just here. happens to be right yeah. here. Cheap plug. There you go. Is this legal? <laughs> Available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and AscendBooks.com. Talk waiting. about that more later. I'm still waiting for my copy, <laughs> by the way. But You are not. He Shh. gave you a copy last time. Yeah. Uh, He's trying to make him look bad on TV. No, I, I'm trying to make it, it seem like that. This is know? what George does, guys. <laughs> yeah. He was so. trying to be an anticipated fan of the book. He mm-hmm. didn't get his copy yet. I oh, think that's what he was doing Selling there. it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But Art Davey, check it out. Creator of the UFC. One of the founders of the UFC. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 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 Yeah. But I started it. Plenty of, uh, plenty of fights this weekend, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we have so much to talk about on this show. Because right. not only do we have two cards, two events, two different days, but they were awesome cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Frankie Edgar, BJ Penn, this is their third fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to run down the list real here, right yeah. here. I'm going to start with UFC 175. Saturday. Uh, yep, from Saturday night. Uh, Uriah Faber versus Alex Caceres ended mm-hmm. in submission, rear naked choke in round three. Uriah Faber. Uh, Uriah Faber, that one. yep. Uh, then we had Marcus Brimage and Russell Doan. Uh, Russell Doan took that by split decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had Uriah Hall and Tiago Santos. That was a bloody one. Not that bloody, but a bloody toe. We'll yeah. talk about that later. <laughs> there was a broken toe in that one. It was pretty nasty. That ended um, Uriah by decision. Hall. Uriah Hall. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, Stefan Struve and Matt Mitrione was canceled. Yeah, that, you were excited. I remember you saying last week, was, I can't wait. This was the one I was most excited for, unfortunately. <sighs> so Stefan Struve um, was uh, sidelined. We'll just cut to this real quickly because there's not a yeah, match to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, he was sidelined about a year and a half ago with a, uh, a heart condition, a aortic uh, heart valve mm-hmm. that was uh, malfunctioning. And I believe mm-hmm. it was a uh, uh, congenital, is the right word, born okay. with it. Um and so he, there were, there were issues with it. He had to uh, go through a battery of tests and see some specialists and stuff. And this was going to be his comeback fight. Mm-hmm. And against Matt, against Matt Mitrione, you know, that was that had all the makings of, of fireworks. Really excited for that one. Unfortunately, what happened almost well, yeah, shortly after we sat down in in the venue, uh, Bruce Buffer came on and announced that Struve had some kind of heart palpitations mm-hmm. and apparently a blackout moment uh, backstage. So they scratched the match at the very last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to go back to, I think uh, it was a Kevin Randleman fight like over a decade ago right. that where this kind of same thing happened where the show starts and then something happens backstage and, you know, the match is, uh, the match is scratched from the card. Right. A rare occurrence, but when it happens, it's, yeah. you know, something's yeah. bad. But hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see that match happen in the future. Yeah. That's definitely a well anticipated match. They said, um, you heard Rogan saying he's fine. He's healthy. He's mm-hmm. okay back there. 
But to take the match would just be, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's certain injuries you just don't want to mess with. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody, as they say, nobody goes into the, uh, goes into a fight a hundred percent. But there's some certain things, including the eyes, the heart, Mm -hmm. you know, probably, uh, nose and, brain, uh, head injuries. Yeah, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. You just, you know, if there's a reason to suspect, err on the side of caution Mm -hmm. and, you know, don't go in. I agree. Uh, next we had Ronda Rousey versus Alexis Davis. I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> we'll spend 16 seconds on Who that won? coverage. Who won? Uh, Ronda Rousey won. Oh, yeah. If you Ronda want to Rousey see the match, won. go check it out on Instagram. Yeah, because it can The whole fit. thing. It was a 16-second match. Ronda Rousey won by TKO. They called it a TKO-KO. Um, I would say KO because she was sleeping. Mm. Yeah, well. We could debate that. We'll debate <laughs> that the later. main event. <laughs> and then the main event, Chris Weidman, Leota Machida. Mm-hmm. For the middleweight title. For the middleweight title. It went all five rounds. Yeah. Exhausting. 25 minutes of fighting. Um, and, and Chris, Chris Weidman. Weidman held his title. Yep. Retains. He retains. Really dominant performance there. Um, it's funny, you know, looking back, we just watched the, uh, the pay-per-view on TV. It was the first mm-hmm. time I had a chance to see it on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, a much different experience. And I'd say even a better experience for me, uh, on TV versus live. Really? Here's what it's, it's really interesting. I'm still kind of digesting okay. where it all was live. Um, the crowd was, was definitely hot for their stars. Uh, Uriah Faber, mm-hmm. big pop for him. Mm-hmm. He's still got it with the fans. Um, Uriah Hall, the fans, Uriah Faber, Uriah Hall, Ronda, Chris Weidman, mm-hmm. and Machida, all are stars with the fans. They popped big for them, you know, mm-hmm. great reception. Weidman was really interesting in that, um, I heard a lot of boos in the, in the arena. He was, got a fair share of boos. Really? Uh, before the match was announced, before, you know, they started it, mm-hmm. uh, and as he was walking out, I, there was a noticeable amount. I and see you the, shaking your no, head. No, I was just gonna ask, I mean, were there Brazilians in the crowd? There's or? a lot of Brazilians. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Brazilians, okay. you know, obviously they've got, uh, they support Machida, and they've got his back. They will travel from far to see something like this. Right. Especially, you know, there's certain, uh, annual events that the Brazilians will come out for to the right. U.S. And this show is one of them. I believe the December show because it normally right. has Anderson Silva. And the World Cup. The Brazil just lost really bad. Yeah. Maybe their fans are switching over to the <laughs> UFC. Something that. like that, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, towards the end, the, the middle and end of the match, there were not quite dueling chants, but you heard USA chants a lot and uh-huh. very loudly. And then you also heard a lot of Brazilian chants wow. from Machida. And even just simple Machida chants. Right. So, um, you know, Weidman, I, I think, continued to build his uh, his legacy as as a star. Right. Um, well, it reminds was... me a lot of of some of the other guys uh, previously, like early matches of George St. Pierre or okay. Anderson Silva, who had titles before they were really huge stars for the UFC. Okay. I think that's uh, the future for Weidman. And continue to grow after mm-hmm. he won the title. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the same with Uriah Hall. Mm-hmm. My opinion. We'll, we'll run down the matches uh, in, in a second, but. Mm-hmm. The fans, Uriah is a really interesting uh, character that I think we're also seeing evolve on TV mm-hmm. in front of uh, in, in front of the UFC uh, community and, mm-hmm. and fanfare. Um, he's you know he's been plagued with some criticism about not being the most aggressive uh, in the cage. You know Dana mm-hmm. has talked about it previously. I think he started to turn a corner here. The fans really want to like him. Mm-hmm. I kept I, – I wasn't totally uh, over the moon about the match itself. It plays a lot more competitively on uh, on TV, and we've spoken about this in the past. Um, matches will come across differently live than they will on TV. Mm-hmm. This was, frankly, a better TV experience than live for that's, me. That's funny to hear. The Uriah Hall fa- – uh, the Uriah Hall – Tiago Santos matches right. is a great case in point. I was waiting on end. It was almost like teetering, waiting for the fans to start booing the match because I felt like there wasn't as much action um, as as came across on TV. It was much more exciting on TV. You know TV. what we were seeing on TV and what we were hearing that hmm. you guys may have not? We were hearing the the Joe Rogan and the announcers talk about how gruesome his broken toe was. We were yeah. getting close-ups mm-hmm. on, on the skin tear and the yeah. bone popping out. Then we were getting close-ups on on Uriah Hall's face, mm-hmm. almost like you know, gr- you know, charging and stalking, like mm-hmm. you said at at Tiago. I think we it was really dramatic on TV, yeah, because we got all of that. They did show it in the arena as well, the toe, okay. but I, you didn't hear the giant groans. Okay. Uh, in fact, what you did hear more noticeably than than was on TV was when you when <laughs> when the fans saw the doctor go towards Uriah. 
in his corner between rounds uh-huh. and talk. You, you know, got scared. And, yeah, because you already had an inspector in there. So you knew that that other guy in the suit talking to your eye was the doctor. Oh, God. And as soon as the doctor and fighter are talking, you know, and you see something like a toe, you know, the shot of that, you know, okay, this doesn't look good for the match itself. It right. might not happen, you know. So fans would actually start to boo the doctor, oh, you know, God. as he's as he's in the cage. And I think he was in there both uh, between the first and second and third and fourth. Second and third. Right. And then when he would walk away, the fans cheered. Right. <laughs> you know, knowing okay. that this match was going to continue. And, um, yeah, I think they, the fans, they're sold on Uriah. Mm-hmm. I personally am not 100%. Um, I, well, insofar as he hasn't reached his full potential, mm-hmm. I think I, I was even theorizing that um, maybe, you know, a, a change of training partners or a change of, uh, of team – might possibly I feel like he's missing that killer instinct. That's what a lot and has been speculated. Yeah, about. when he when he finally finds that within himself, mm-hmm. he's gonna be an even more dangerous guy in there. He's got the skills, right. you know, and, and we'll get back to Uriah. Yeah. We'll yeah, get back to talk awesome about that. Yeah, do- I, I DM'd him on Twitter seeing if he'll call in, so maybe maybe oh, oh. that well, would be hope. awesome. Yeah. We're gonna talk about the other Uriah. Yeah. We're gonna talk about Uriah Favor and Alex. California Caceres. kid. California kid. He's still got it. I was watching this fight and I was like, I said to you, I was like, he is just so strong. He's Mm -hmm. typical wrestler, you know, has the strength from within and just wrestles the crap out of his opponents. Yeah. But in a good way. Usually. (laughs) I mean, he will will wear you down. Well, it's not lay and pray. As opposed to literally, right? (laughs) As opposed to literally. Yeah. No, it's not that, you know, the wrestling's the lay and pray that we see sometimes. It's it's active, Mm -hmm. fun wrestling. Mm What do you think about that? I think so. I mean, I agree. He's a guy who's going to wear you down. He's going to tear you down. Uh He's going to look for that submission. He's not just trying someone to, he's not just trying to coast. He's definitely right. going to try to finish the fight, as we saw. Right. Winning by chokeout mm-hmm. um, against Bruce Leroy. I know you had a tough time pronouncing <laughs> his last name, but you can just call him Bruce Leroy. Alex Caceres. Alex there you him. go. They just always had to. They always had to throw that. Yeah, in this there, was a nice, uh, nice step up uh, for Alex. You know, really mm-hmm. kind of a marquee match for him. Mm-hmm. And you know, for his for his part, I think he did great. Um, Faber, I gave Faber, uh, you know, the first two rounds, and mm-hmm. obviously he finished it uh, early in the third. Um, but Alex. Uh, generally, especially in the second, I noticed he had an easier time getting up out of uh, Faber's takedowns. He was good you know. yeah. with with the takedown defense. Um, but maybe partially he has a good build for that. He, he's mm-hmm. very tall, so he was yeah, able to he get had one reach. leg out and yeah. uh, stand himself up. But uh, Uriah Faber overall is just, was just the stronger player in that game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of tough for him because he's at, he's in the same division as TJ Dillashaw. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's not really. I think he's won every single non-title fight. Yeah, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. But then in the UFC, but a former uh, a former WBC WBC champion. champion. Yeah. But then it's one of those things where do you want to put him up against a champion because he's train he trains with TJ Dillashaw. Of course, yeah, they're teammates team and good friends. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of tough. I mean, who do you put Faber up against now? I mean, he. Burrell's going to fight against Dillashaw in about a month and a half. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Cruz just announced he's going to come back. He's going to fight Takuya Mizugaki. I would like to see, after that fight, Cruz and Faber oh, yeah, yeah. and the winner of that fight, I, Burrell and TJ. I, I think that they will do that do as that? soon as they can yeah. after uh, the Mizugaki fight, presuming that Cruz comes out. I mean, hey, right. even if he... Even if he doesn't win against Mizugaki, it uh, all depends on how the match goes. Right. Cruz versus Faber is something that you've got so much storyline there mm-hmm. that Absolutely. you know, even even with a loss, there are there are ways of spinning it. You know, mm-hmm. um, Faber has not won the big one that no. that he's been chasing after. Uh, Cruz comes off of uh, hypothetically, you know, if he comes off, it comes a, a loss. That's after two years, two and a half years. You know, mm-hmm. it's understandable. Yeah, but I I think that that's something. So we- both guys are familiar, but the fans are familiar with Cruz and Faber enough that they, when the UFC reminds the fans, oh yeah, we haven't done that match mm-hmm. yet, right? People will go, yeah, I'd like to see that. You know, do you think even if Cruz loses, Uriah still has to fight him before he has a chance at the title shot? Well, I think that probably makes more sense than it does to try and pit. You're going to have an easier time booking Cruz and Faber between the two camps, right? Than Cruz and Dillashaw. Right. That's going to cost a lot of money, you know, right. um, because they're both going to to want a high amount to book that. Uh, Cruz versus Faber, you know, 
depending on what, how their contracts are set up, you know, that may cost. It's going to cost whatever it was going to cost previously right, when they tried right. to book this thing. You know, I think. Yeah, I think the at some point or another we're going to have to see Uriah Faber and T.J. Dillashaw. Uriah Faber uh, said in the in his post, I like that. I love uh, that storyline. See it, but I think it's not going to happen. Well, Uriah said Uriah said I wouldn't like that fight. Yeah. He came out and said I wouldn't like to have that fight, but. I wouldn't say no to it. Well, what about uh, Uriah Faber versus the guy that we just saw win last month, Brian Caraway? Hmm. That's an interesting uh, one. He is on an upswing, yeah. We're, we're, we're cheating here a little bit, checking out the ratings right in front. Uh, or the, I, the I'm rankings, not looking rather. at them, but I don't need to know the rankings to know, to know that Brian Caraway needs a few more before he can go against Uriah Faber. Well, why? I, he I mean, wouldn't you say the same about Caceres? What, what is Faber ranked? Two. Okay. And Caraway is number eight, and Alex Caceres was number ten. Ironically, it looks like his stock went up one. Right, but Caraway's a new number eight, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. It, well, I mean, he just came in and got that. But at the uh, same time, I think everyone else above him is pretty much booked. Okay. Faber just coming off a win. Caraway, I'm sure he wants to prove himself, so he wants to get somebody who's ranked higher than him. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, just a thought. Well, okay. That's an interesting one. Um, Faber is the kind of guy I think that's, okay, give me the fight. Let's yeah. go. I'll run yeah. through them. So sure. with that attitude being said, I think that could happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't completely disagree with it. But I, I want to see Faber go up. I really want to see. kind of want to see that teammate-teammate battle. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting. Or but... even the Dominic Cruz-Faber battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But both we'll talk both about of that those later. are fun. Yeah. We got to get on to the next one. Uh, Uriah Hall, Tiago Santos. We talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's just clarify. Uh, uh, Uriah Hall in the first round had a really uh, bad broken toe. It didn't look so bad in the first round, but by the third round, the the bone was poking out of the skin and had sliced right through. Yeah, he was ouch. still throwing head kicks with that foot. Yep. Oh he was God. throwing body Spin kicks with kicks. that foot, spinning back kicks, um, still actively competing in the match. Um, Jay, you mentioned he, he was stalking Tiago. Yeah, a, a lot of the match, uh, I think Tiago was looking to, to counter-strike. Mm-hmm. It seemed Absolutely. like it was a strategy. I agree. And, Hall, you know, I, I don't want to give the wrong impression. Um, he looked better in this match than he has in previous matches, uh, at least in the UFC, not including tough where he would just, you know, kind of Run terminator guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With head kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, I did see a lot of improvement and then especially watching uh, on TV, you know, realizing the guy is fighting with a broken toe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that much more impressive of mm-hmm. a performance. Um, I think that's why that fight played better on TV because they were yeah. really dramatizing the broken toe. Mm-hmm. Whereas you said, "Oh, was it that bad?" Yeah. When you see, because they probably <laughs> didn't show it in the arena so so vividly. Yeah. It was poking out only a little bit. <laughs> Wasn't that much out of the skin? It was, so, it was still yeah. kind of painful to watch, especially when he kept throwing that right throwing kick that to the kick. Body, I was like, yeah. head. It's like yeah. I, w- I was almost doing? like switch your stance and throw your other kick. Uh-huh. Like it was. It was Santos was using his leg kicks really well as uh, yeah. also though. Yeah, he was throwing um, some awesome. Inside yeah. leg kicks. Yeah. So Uriah Hall continues to evolve, um, and oh, hopefully uh, we'll con- we'll continue to see him really mm-hmm. uh, embrace the, the. I feel like he's climbing excitement. a small hill, mm-hmm. and he's on his way to the big mountain. Mm-hmm. But there needs to be like a flip switch in between. Yeah. yeah. I like mean, a I change in camp, a change in something. I wouldn't put him up against somebody who's ranked so far. Maybe like a Patrick Cote. Okay. If mm-hmm. somebody who is ranked, maybe like a Tim Boach. Mm-hmm. Somebody who does have that experience, and if Uriah Hall beats well, him, then Boach is down at. Uh, didn't he drop down to eighty-five? Yeah, eighty-five. Is it? But Uriah Hall's eighty-five. Uh, oh, you're right. I take that back. I'm thinking of the the days of two hundred five. Uh, Don't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> have we seen Uriah Hall recently up against one of those top fifteen competitors? Not yet. I mean, he no. beat, he just beat Chris Lieben, who was kind of. On the way out anyway. We were talking you, you, about you, him earlier. You saw the yeah. writing on the wall for Chris Lieben. Right. But now, I mean, he beat a guy, Tiago Santos. I think give him up against somebody who has added the experience. Patrick Ote, former top middleweight contender. Mm-hmm. Of course, he lost to Anderson Silva. You know, I mean, everybody was there. Right. That's not a big loss. Yeah, right? of course. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, put him up against somebody who's got experience. Put him up against, uh, you know, a Tim Bosch or... Who knows? You know, maybe mm-hmm. even like a CB Dalloway, but yeah. I think that's a little too much high. Yeah, but. maybe Tim Bosch and see what happens yeah. from there. Oh yeah, like a bring, maybe bring that killer instinct out in him. Mm-hmm. Maybe when he actually gets in a battle that's so competitive, we'll see more of that killer instinct come out. Yeah, it's one of those things where you got to dig deep, kind of mm-hmm. like uh, John Jones and Gustafson. Those you guys, dig down yeah. deep, realize that he was on the cusp um, of, gotta, of possibly losing, and yeah, what have you really got? He's got to really okay. turn it on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next. Obviously, we're skipping over Stefan Struve, unfortunately. Stefan. 
I know the doctor kept calling the him doctor Stephon. said Stefan. Wasn't that an interesting interview? Did you the guys doctor watch that? And Mike Goldberg. That yeah. was funny. It was the Stefan's doc- true. Well, Stefan. <laughs> no, Stefan. Yeah, about Stefan. Jack Stefan. <laughs> they were going back and forth, and they kept saying. Kudos if you know that reference, wrong. by the way. I know probably somebody on the other side of the table doesn't know what that is, but I'm I sure missed it. Was it a WWE reference? Absolutely not. Was it a wrestling reference? Absolutely not. Was it a reference that was before the 90s? I think so. Okay. <laughs> well, then there you go. That maybe, will stump our girl maybe, there. Maybe early 90s <laughs> before right. you were born. Um, anyway, next was Ronda Rousey, Alexis yep. Davis. I'm super excited hold to talk on, about let me, this. Let me, hold on. Let me watch it again. Hold on. Time it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Real, we're going to watch it real quick. We're down to five oh, seconds Oh, and it's left. over. No, hold on. Okay, it ended. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, Ronda Rousey, obviously. Oh, let me watch it again. The women's, <laughs> the women's bantamweight uh, title holder, champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has defended the belt over and over and over again. Uh, even thinking back to the Strike Force days, I mean. Yeah, she was Strike Force champ, moved right into the UFC, became mm-hmm. UFC champ, and has defended it to this day. And has she been likes a very- to point out that she's had more title matches than she's had. Uh, non title matches. That's, a, that's probably a good, includes that's a her uh, amateur. Point. I, I think. Uh, I think she's got a total time of like 24 minutes in the octagon. Yeah, it's I very remember low. seeing that stat. It's very yeah, low. Um, that's that's well. She just her MMA career, I think, is engulfed in four years. Uh, if that, pretty much. If yeah. that, yeah. yeah she went from years. her first amateur. It's four years. Her first amateur fight to now has been four years in MMA in general. Mm-hmm. Obviously, an amazing, incredible Olympic judo background. Yeah, but her four years in MMA. Anyway, um, it was a 16 second fight. Uh, a good overhand right by Ronda Rousey to Alexis Davis. To a hip toss takedown. To a knee, nice knee to the lever. Yep. Uh, nice judo toss. Landed in side control. Ground and pound. I think it was nine punches we counted. Yeah. It's funny. like yeah, You always hear over. people that say, like, oh, I'm going to break your face with my fist. But Ronda ended up having a broken hand. She literally broke her hand on Alexis Davis's face. She Guys, did. we have uh, we have Uriah Hall on the line with us right really? now. Really? Get out of here. Uriah, you're on the AfterBuzz TV UFC After Show. How's it going, guys? Good. Hey, Uriah. Hey, welcome to UFC After Buzz. Uriah, amazing fight. We were just talking about your warrior spirits. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. I have to ask you, did you have, we were talking about digging deep as a fighter at this level. Did you have to dig deep after that broken toe, after that first round? Um, yes. Like, I had to dig deep, but it was a combination of things, you know, uh, Sometimes emotions kind of take over, even though most of the time you don't rely on emotions. It's just action that really mm-hmm. helps. But with my karate background, I was taught to, you know, push through pain a little bit and overcome that because pain is mostly temporary and it only lasts so much. So I just have to fight through it and fuck it up. Was there much much pain in that? I'm wondering about the adrenaline uh, that you had going during the match. We, we saw you... You know, kind of uh, sitting down afterwards, I'm sure that adrenaline dump probably kicked in and it hurt even more after the fact. Uh, to be honest, it wasn't really too much adrenaline, I can say. It was the fact that, you know, I don't know if I could say it on the air. I just. Mm-hmm. Go, oh, ahead. go for go it. Go ahead. We, we let the guests say what guests say with uh, you. <laughs> I just went through my, my little, uh, my little fuck it phase. I said mm. fuck it. Yeah. I think sometimes in life you just got to say fuck it and just go in full force. Yeah. I know I had. A broken toe, so I said to myself, okay, I have three, you know, I have three limbs left, I got two hands, I got one foot, and I was trying to figure out how can I move without uh, feeling off balance, and each movement, I just felt, you know, it was hurting, but, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I felt like I've been through so much already that a, a little small toe, I just put it as a really small minimum thing that it wasn't going to stop me. Yeah, you got nine others. Who cares? <laughs> that was awesome. There you go. I mean, how's the toe right now? Uh, to be honest, I'm actually walking already. You know? Oh, wow. A little wow. <laughs> We're speaking of you being on the rise, on a quick rise, and uh, seeing you against more top 15, top 10 competitors. Who would you like to fight next? Man, uh, I've been asked that question a lot. <laughs> uh, I do have a bunch of people I'd rather not say because I'm not the type to call people out. Okay. To give you an idea, I like to fight the best. And yeah. For me, professionally, it's just go up against someone that's at a higher caliber because I think I just want to get better. But to others, it's like, oh, you smack talking and 
Absolutely. Yeah, See, but that's. Person. But as a martial artist, I just want to get better. <laughs> yeah, I. You're right. This is J Tan. I have full respect for that and have uh, admired you since uh, seeing you on the show. But that's a, a little bit. I'm not sure how much of the uh, uh, of our show you caught uh, a little bit earlier. But we were talking about uh, you know in in that next level and you know. Um, Kind of lacking that uh, that killer instinct. I'll, I'll use those words because uh, I think they came out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the kind of thing we want from you, man. I think, as I said, the fans. I think they're bought on you, or sold on you already. But that's what we. That's the next part of the whole uh, the whole puzzle. Is you know, there, I think there's a respectful way of, of calling out guys. Uh, I think the fans are certainly behind you, and uh, I, it's very clear that you take that uh, uh, you hold that kind of reverence and, and martial arts. Um, Philosophy, the humility, if you will, uh, you hold that very near and dear to your heart. I wouldn't, uh, I, w- I wouldn't ever try to change you, but uh, come on, give us a name, man. <laughs> come on, who who, who do you like yeah, better, I, Tim I Boach know, or? Uh, yeah, everybody wants, but you know what? It, it's it's not about that. And I'm going to stick with it because I've been like that for a long time. That's how I am, mm-hmm. and I've been questioned it for a long time. And, well, you know, the fans would, would be with you when you're on top, and they're the first to be against you when you're on the bottom. So yeah. I don't really do it for fans. I do it for myself and my friends and my family, because to me, those are the people I don't really have to explain myself to. It was up to me. I'll just go in there and fight. I wouldn't have to right. do this media bullshit and all that. I don't need it. You know, it's a fight. It's simple. That's just a... go in there and fight. Well, I have to do all that. But I get it. You got to sell it. You got to do all that stuff. You got to hype it up. You got to create a drama. I'm not about that. You know, I'm real. So I don't need to do that. I think you can sell it with your old school karate respect mentality as well. Mm-hmm. Just re- pleading the fifth and remaining silent and respectful can also sell. So no, J- it Jay can't. Tan is no, in- it can't, man. Oh my god! No, no the, them house payments and those car, that car note—that's real too. You're <laughs> right. You deserve to be at the top. You know, I, I, I think you're, uh, you're one of those guys that has it. And as I've said, the fans are sold, but let's get you to that next level. Let's see the, the superstardom, you know? You, you, you gotta put it out there a little bit. Who do you want worse? Am, uh, Tim Boach or CB Dalloway? I'm not gonna do it anyone else's way. Cause you know what? People are afraid of you when you're different. So what's wrong with being a little different? I Everyone like it. Doing it so Fair point. I'm not doing it all of a sudden to follow. I'm not gonna do it. I like I'm it, Ryan Hall. Mm. So now that you're walking Sorry, around, do you have a timetable for when you plan on fighting again? Uh, yeah, once I'm healed up, you know, I I was training. I was already training. So they told me not to do anything. So <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a fighter. That's a fighter. That's a fighter. I'm trying to figure out how I can move and see yeah. what I can and cannot do. At what point did it, did it? At what point did the toe? I'm trying to cat. I was watching it over again. At what point did, was a did the toe start to hurt? Right away, I, I remember throwing a front kick, and he kicked at the same oh. time. I don't know where I kicked him, and I looked down. I don't know if you saw the. I looked down on my foot, and I saw my toe shifted. Oh. And I looked at him, and I think he just kind of gave me a nod. I don't know what that nod meant. But. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I did that to your toe. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, Phyllis, in your eye, you're. Uh, um You've been training down into rain with Mark Munoz and those guys in the OC for a bit, right? Yeah. Is that your uh, permanent place right now, or what's going on with you? Well, I usually go out there for a couple of months and, um, you know, train with rain, work on my wrestling ground game. Mm-hmm. And then I'll uh, I'll go to Portland. I work with my uh, my boxing coach, Crane Hires, and mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. more of my, like, you know, mentor and um, stand-up coach, and plus Chael is out there, too. So yeah. we get a good team going out there. And Portland is just basically for my mindset because I think a lot of times in the fight, if you don't have that clear mind to focus, you can't really perform. And even me, you know, I got a little starstruck by the bright light and I paid mm-hmm. for it. So I just went out there to just be more, you know, cool, calm, collected. And we worked on a lot of stuff to implement that. And uh, it worked out for the best because while I broke my toe, I remember my training and I just went into the, uh, the fuck it phase. Mm-hmm. And I did well. Yeah, I was going to say that's a perfect example of that mentality that we saw this weekend. Uh, I was watching your face and I loved it. You, you just had your hands down. You had this glare going, going towards Tiago and you were just moving forward with your hands down. And he, the best part was he was reacting and moving backward as if you were hitting him. So <laughs> well, it, it was awesome to see. 
Well, I did that, and Joe Rogan, only a few people would understand it. Joe Rogan actually said that that's actually a smart way, you know, if I'm in that situation since I broke my toe because I wanted him to hit me because I knew my toe was broken, so I said, okay, I got to end this quick. So by me dropping my hands, you know, it's almost like a bait. And mm-hmm. Right, no. I was no. to fall for it. But. Absolutely, and I think it worked. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Uriah Hall. So awesome having you on. Seriously, thank you for calling in. This is Daria Baronado. Great surprise. Yes, very great surprise. You're welcome anytime. Well, somebody, uh, I forgot his name. He, we, we, I did an interview already with Siri, and uh, he. Uh, All right. He yeah. Me. He's like, hey man, call up. I was like, okay, no problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm here. You're right. I'm in the booth. Thanks so much. <laughs> oh, so, <my> bad. <laughs> sorry about uh, sorry about Jay Tan's incessant questioning. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not sorry about it. To be continued, cool. my friend. <laughs> All right, you got to come back soon, though, Uriah. Yeah, Be you're well. welcome anytime, man. Anytime. Thank you, guys. Cool, thank you so thank much, you. Uriah Hall. Cheers. All right. Cool. Well, check that out. So Thank cool. you so much, Stephen, for setting Steven, that up. Stephen, awesome. Shout out to the producer Social in the booth. media back yep. there. Way to go, Stefan. If <laughs> I wasn't a fan of Uriah Hall 10 minutes ago, I am sold more than ever right now. And, and you were anyway. I was anyway. Yeah. I, we were talking about how much we liked him before. but uh, just UFC after buzz. Bring in the stars! <laughs> Bring in the pain! Like a broken toe. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, on that All right. note. Where what we haven't we? talked about mm-hmm. is this main event. Yes, okay, so Ron Rousey beat the crap out of Alexis Davis, 16-second fight. Yeah. Um, who's, hold on, real quick, who's next for Ronda Rousey? I say number one, By Kat process Zingano. of elimination, it's got to be Kat Zingano. Got to be Kat Zingano. Well overdue. Should have happened before Alexis Davis. Should have happened before... Maybe even Misha. Mm, I mean, yeah, yeah she yeah, had her things. I mean, it was going to happen. Ranking-wise, it should have. It was, was going to happen. Yep. Yeah. But then she, she was supposed hurt. to coach against her on the Ultimate Fighter. She got hurt. A hurt. Per- couple personal issues, yeah. of course. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so gave her all the time she needed. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's the one that makes the most sense. I kind of wonder where, remember when uh, Joe Rogan came out mm-hmm. and told, hey, we need a main event slot. Would you like to fight? Of course, this was before knowing that Ronda broke her hand. It's mm-hmm. just kind of you're like, talking about July or sorry, August, August 2nd, 2nd from Los Angeles. One, um, uh, 176. The first thing I thought was, who does she fight? I mean, even if Kat Zingano right. wasn't ready, because I know that's kind of quick. I'm like, who else, who else would she fight? Well, they I mean, didn't have an answer. Yeah. In they the, didn't in the know booth. what they were saying. Yeah. Clearly, Dana White was very mad at jo- not Joe Rogan personally, but whoever whispered in, in his yeah. ear. Production monkeys yep. in the back. Yeah. Um, for asking her that. But... I would say Kat Zingano. Kat Zingano was in Grappler's Quest at UFC Fan Expo this weekend. She had a 14-second flying armbar and and took home the gold medal. So I think Kat Zingano's... She's getting there. She's getting there. Back um, on track. If not her, we, we need some girls outside mm-hmm. of the UFC, I think, to step in. I think we need some Holly Home action in here. Or some cyborg. Or maybe Having the cyborg. same conversation we've had for the past how many all months. All right, all right. You know, yeah, no, I, I agree but. with you completely. Holly would be a really interesting challenge mm-hmm. as far as the striking goes. Um, of course, Cyborg probably is the uh, uh, the best like total package challenge for Ronda. Right, right. Um, but there's, there's the question about uh, the weight and, of course, the contract. Mm-hmm. Gina Carano. Uh, some people were saying that she was looking good working out at Black House, you know, a couple of weeks oh, really? or months ago. Okay. Uh, I also hear other stories that, you know, she's just not, not there kind of mentally or physically. Okay. So, well, remains had, to be seen. You know, but, half a decade break and she's been acting and doing whatever else. So, yeah. we wish her the best of luck either way. Mm-hmm. Um, the main event, the UFC middleweight title, it's Chris Weidman, Leota Machida. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, a battle, but I think it was clearly won. I mean, Chris Weidman, yeah. this was his first opportunity to really show what he's worth. Because I know a lot of people thought of his last two wins. I know some people don't. A lot of other people <laughs> thought his last two wins were kind of, well, it's because Silva was showing off. Oh, well, it's because Silva, you know, hurt himself. A freak but, accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now this was his first chance to really face somebody who, you know, is, is going to bring it as well. I know, I know Silva did as well. But it was a chance. And he definitely um, succeeded. Yeah. When you dominate. Uh, Leota Machida. Dominate may be a strong word, but when you have four strong rounds to one, mm-hmm. uh, at least, against a guy like Leota Machida, former light heavyweight champion, um, yeah, you definitely can knock someone yourself. out too. Machida can knock someone out too. So oh don't, yeah. So don't be don't be fooled by his you know his his passive aggressiveness or his defense or his karate stance. He can knock someone out. He, yeah, I think he was doing typical Machida demeanor, which is to study. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then to to prey on his. He's a counter striker that likes to to tempt you in, almost like the Venus flytrap of MMA mentality. Yeah, now. he he is a very um, successful counter striker. You saw mm-hmm. that. I I think it was in the 
the third round, possibly, uh, Weidman came in and Machida was just there with, with the right hand, and it was mm-hmm. the perfect timing. Yeah. So he's very calculated and very smart when it comes to that. I just don't think he was aggressive enough for this fighter. Definitely was not. I mean, that's that's the uh, the trick. That's the the counterpoint to counter striking strategies is right. that if you are waiting too much then you end up looking like you're not engaging at all. Right. And the funny thing is with Weidman, I think he we really saw this in uh, in his two Anderson Silva fights. Weidman strikes me as one of the most patient fighters in there. He he was a, able to to overcome Anderson Silva's um mind games in there and we saw him patient and looking looked for his shot, he found his shot against Silva. Mm-hmm. I think that same thing happened with uh, Machida. He he didn't let Machida get into his head, and he didn't chase after Machida yeah. uh, to the point of getting caught in it. He did, you know, he was the more aggressive and, and right. more aggressive one, and he stalked Machida around, mm-hmm. um, but not to the point of getting caught, you know, in, in the Venus flytrap, if you will. Clearly, the dominant fighter. Clearly, the, mm-hmm. the fighter that had control of the cage and and the distance between the two of them. Yep, um, general shit. I think stayed busy. Like we were talking about uh, when we were watching this, um, maybe. Weidman still has something to prove, George may have said. Um, but I think a good point to, to prove is that mm-hmm. Weidman is very calculated, and he is patient, and he does fight smart. Mm-hmm. He may not be, you know, the biggest aggressor or, you know, the KO guy that everybody wants as the champ, but I think he's a smart well, and disciplined mm-hmm. fighter. Yeah, I, I would disagree that he's not necessarily uh, what you just said, the KO guy. I mean, let's talk about mm-hmm. you know his uh, his finish over Mark Munoz. You know, right? Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think who else, uh, what other ones come to mind. But you know, the guy is the guy is somebody that I think has. Uh, I mean, he's, he's got a great corner, great strategy guys in mm-hmm. Ray Longo and Matt Serra. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one that's able to adapt to other guys' uh, strategies, mm-hmm. you know, and find. Uh, find what's the right counter strategy to 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 beat them. You know? Right. No, he has knockout power, and of course we've seen it in the past. Um, but I I just I think he's a very well disciplined fighter. Oh, overall, yeah. I agree. Oh yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun to see him uh, what he goes up against uh, coming up. You know, of course there's talk mm-hmm. about Vitor Belfort, right? Uh, laying in the cut there, waiting for you know for his right. shot. Uh, Jacare as well. I think mm-hmm. I say really give uh, the Musasi because I guess it was supposed to be Musasi against Jacare at the LA show that got canceled. I think hmm. yeah, I think I got moved up to like a fight night, but yeah, I think that should be a number one contender's yeah. fight as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially I think Jacare is the man. I mean, this guy, I think he should have got a title shot probably like six months Long ago. Longer, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think him and Weidman would match up well. Um, definitely somebody Jacare is somebody you do not want to get on the ground with. Mm-hmm. And right. Weidman, He's nasty. Yeah, of course, and that guy's got great striking. So. Him, Vitor, I mean, Musasi. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I wish there was a non Brazilian for him to fight. For Weidman's <laughs> sake. For Weidman's sake. I he, just thought Weidman sure. is Luke, such... Luke Rockhold? Maybe. Luke Rockhold. Before too long, yep. Not yet, not yet, but yeah, in the near future. Weidman is the golden boy. He's the all American golden boy. They, we love to love him. So that's mm-hmm. why I was surprised you said there was some booing. Let's talk about that. It was yeah. July, let me just say this it was July 4th. Yeah. Okay. Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Chris Weidman, hometown mm-hmm. hometown boy. You know, America's the sweetheart. U.S. versus Brazil. U.S. versus Brazil. Yeah. World Cup. Brazil just lost. You know, uh-huh. U.S. has been out, so I guess that's a factor. But and he was also walking out with an American flag that a platoon of troops had given to him. I don't know if you guys heard this. Didn't know that story. Um, a, one of his friends is is in the troops, is mm-hmm. in the army, and his platoon uh, got their flag that they had drugged through war. Over wow. in Afghanistan, oh, wow. yeah. they all signed it and said, "We want you to wear this out there." Oh, geez, and we want That's you to, cool. like. I, I got chills saying that. Yeah. We want you to represent our nation. Mm-hmm. We're proud to call you one of our own. And he walked out with the American flag on, and he was in the moment. He had his red, white, and blue shirt on, and so I just couldn't believe that the crowd didn't take all that in. It wasn't like the most patriotic night of the UFC. There were a lot of UFC, or I'm sorry, USA chants. But probably towards the second half of the match. Okay. Um, I, I think it matters where it was, too. I mean, it was in Vegas. I think if it was maybe more of like a, in a Texas. Texas. Sort of I was like just going to say the same thing. Red State. Yeah. Red State on the East Coast. That's yeah. very true. I'm yeah. sure that crowd would have went ballistic. That's very true. I'm I'm from New Jersey. I'm thinking if, oh, my God, if this was in you know Atlantic uh, City, we would have gone nuts. Yeah. Weidman fighting in in Jersey? Yeah. Shoot. Forget about it. Forget yeah. about it. <laughs> forget about it. Yeah. All right. On to our next event. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about the, the Ultimate Fighter, 
season finale 19. It was on Sunday. Where's my sheet here? Let me grab this for cheat sheets. Um, <laughs> Frankie Edgar, BJ Penn. Yeah. We also had uh, we also had Corey Anderson, Matt Van Buren. Mm-hmm. Um, they were fighting for the light heavyweight uh, contract. Contract Ultimate Fighter 19, six yeah. figure contract in mm-hmm. the UFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Gordon and Diego Lima. They were fighting for the middleweight contract for the UFC. All four guys, Team Red, Frankie Edgar, Team Edgar, yep. uh, all in the finals there. Isn't that interesting? And to me, very much they were very much the similar match or, or yeah. uh, the same match. Yeah. Uh, to, to run down real quickly, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Gordon and Diego Lima. Eddie Gordon won by uh, TKO in the first round, as did Corey Anderson mm-hmm. over Matt Van Buren in the first round by TKO. Um, both of them, you know, Eddie Gordon and Corey Anderson came out very aggressive uh, cornered their guys up against the cage, you know, pushed them in with, uh, with combos, mm-hmm. uh, dropped them and against the cage, uh, just continued to, to fire shots. Eddie Gordon especially was just all over the place with, uh, you know, giant hammer fists and, uh, uh, finally got, uh, got Lima, uh, got side control, well, got side position on Diego Lima mm-hmm. and just fired away with, uh, with lefts. And that largely was, uh, the same thing with Corey Anderson. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, but finishing him with uh, right hands, although left or right, I don't know if that makes too much of a difference. They hurt. That's the point. They both hurt. Yes, yeah. they do. Um, yeah. I think I think the point to make here is that you got to think these guys, you know, they're all put in a house to compete mm-hmm. against each other for this UFC contract. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned, the rest of them will get some sort of UFC contract, much some smaller. Of not all of them. Yeah. Um, but it's a very competitive atmosphere. It's not like a normal fight in the UFC. If you're a normal contract fighter in the UFC, of course you want to win. Everyone's out there to win mm-hmm. and tear their heads off. But at the same time, you know you have another chance. These guys, in some aspect... Yeah, not necessarily are, the case on this this season, I think. Right. <laughs> they went out there and they did not hold back. Yeah. In they this, did not fight safe you in know, this that, finale. That's worth, yeah, it's worth talking about as well. Um, you know, there, there were some guys uh, from the house on the, that fought on the undercard of this show. Um, of course, the, the two... Uh, finale matches mm-hmm. uh, delivered, you know, with their uh, fast action in the first round. Mm-hmm. But this season was marred uh, largely. A lot of people had talked about it being kind of the most disappointing season. Right, uh, yes. Including Dana White. Yeah, It's not yeah. just critics, it's Dana which, White saying, Which hey. is why I'm allowed to say it. Yeah, I was going to say We can that. all agree. Yeah, but, it wasn't uh, yeah. Google reviews. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, not a lot of personalities really stood out. Mm-hmm. Um the ratings were not the worst, I don't believe, that they've ever had, but they certainly weren't the greatest either. Right. You know, I think probably the lower level of, of the tw- 19 seasons we've, we've had, uh, you know, right. certainly the lower half. Um, and a lot of the matches during the show went to decision, you know, unglamorously. That's a bummer. Yeah. It really is. Cause I mean, I just think of, you know, what if 125 females got that opportunity? 115. No, what if oh, 125, what if like my yeah. weight class is what I'm referring to, yeah, yeah. got that opportunity, how much heart and soul would go into, you know, fighting in that house. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. these guys have this opportunity regularly, you know, because mm-hmm. guys are always uh, getting these these uh, ultimate fighter seasons. And it's like, go in there and show them what you have. You're, yep. you're still at the point where you're proving yourself. It's not done yet. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sure... Dana White is going to adjust the casting process of the next season of The Ultimate Fighter. I mean, possibly making sure I think personalities are better. Yeah, I think I think the the motivation. Well, we've got actually two seasons. I come to think of it, mm-hmm. two seasons going on. I believe. Um, correct? Is that right? Or well, they got the women. The women are recording right now. And, yeah, uh, Anthony Pettis, mm-hmm. Mexico, and, uh, the Mexico one. The that's happening now. I believe. I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're doing two seasons right mm-hmm. now. Um, the women. I, I think Dana will will certainly. Uh, uh, inspire and, and motivate the women. I don't know that they'll necessarily need it, quite they frankly. They do not. Let me tell you. They do not From need what, inspiration. They've got something to prove. From they, the word that I've heard on what's going on in the house, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're going to need... They don't need anything. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, oh, really? Yeah. That's just what I heard. Yeah. Right. I mean, you have a bunch of women in a house that are cutting weight, and then the other one's eating chocolate cake. I mean, we saw it on the 135 Bantamweight uh, mm-hmm. house with Rhonda and Misha. And then you have the one, you know, eating chocolate cake in front of the one that's cutting weight. I mean, it's that's drama right there. I'm a female. Um, I have my time of the month where I need my cake and my sweets and where I just need to gorge. In six weeks, which means that it's going to go at least one full cycle there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So I, I can bet there's some good drama going on <laughs> in that house. Yeah. I can bet. Um, and I, I know a couple of the girls in that house. And 
They are fiery little fuckers, to say the least. <laughs> well put. <laughs> well, so we had those two uh, finales. Yep. And then we had the Frankie Edgar. Frankie versus BJ Penn. At well, Featherweight. Can we, can we get a want, want, want back there? Oh, no, let's not do that. <laughs> no. All right. Let's just bring back your eye hole. Oh. <laughs> That's BJ, a- that wasn't from me. I promise you, man. I wasn't. I wasn't insulting BJ, but it was. No? It was a sad moment. It was like yeah. A- <laughs> Slide whistle. Production monkey Stefan having fun in the back there. <laughs> Frankie Edgar versus BJ Penn at featherweight. This is their third battle. Mm-hmm. Their previous two was at lightweight for the UFC lightweight championship of the world. That's right. BJ Penn, the man who essentially dominated in what Dana White said, built. The lightweight division. Mm-hmm. Fair assessment. Yeah. yeah. Going on his streak as lightweight champion. Here comes Frankie Edgar. Beats BJ Penn by decision. Very Beats him closely. again. Beats him again. Really? The first, yeah. Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Abu Dhabi was a super close decision. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of argument about that one. The second one, however, in Boston, not so much, though. Right. Um, and, and the third one, even more decisive, um, I would say. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, this was BJ Penn's first fight, probably in, what, a year and a half? Something yeah. like that. Well, two years. What, what was spoken about... Uh, after the fight was that BJ Penn and his camp had had you know come up with some new game plan which is normal when you fight the same guy like you He had a very out. different stance. He was approaching Edgar, you know, l- literally and figuratively from a very different uh yeah. different style. He was Let- much more upright, didn't right. have the stance that he normally has kind of crouched down and ready to spring. Yeah. I mean, I agree like you like we said earlier going back to the drawing board after fighting the same guy twice and losing, of course you're going to come up with something new. Mm-hmm. But it was very unorthodox and, you know, obviously it didn't work to his favor this time. Like you said he was standing completely upright in mm-hmm. some sort of weird boxing stance. I don't know exactly what it was. It reminds me there's a fighter uh here here's your homework, guys. Oh god. Masakazu Imanari. Japanese fighter from probably the past, uh, I'd say, you know, 2005 through 2008 or nine. Um, yeah, yeah. Go write it down. Imanari. I M A N I R I, I believe. Uh, A R I, perhaps. Uh, leg lock specialist, but um, fought, had a great career in Japan. Uh, Cage Rage, uh, 145 pound champion, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he would he would always come out and, and taunt his opponents in a very strange way. Mm-hmm. Guy wasn't quite right in the head, and one of them. Uh, I remember seeing one match, I think, when he fought in Japan. He came out just straight up like that, and that was his stance. Right. Almost literally, and would just stalk the guy down. You well, know, I and the think guy, his opponent didn't know what to make of it. When you do that for years, and that's your thing, and mm-hmm. that's what you go with, absolutely, if it works for you, do it. Well, it um, was one time thing, but the point is, he was taunting uh, oh, okay. his opponent. Um, I don't think you can taunt Frankie Edgar. Yeah, yeah, no, the BJ certainly was not. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think that was necessarily a case, but uh, yeah, who knows what exactly was the mentality behind that that strategy there? Mm-hmm. It was not the BJ Penn we are used to seeing. No, not at all. And um, I disagree. I, <laughs> okay, try and argue that one. I think BJ I Penn. This. I think BJ Penn is always is going to be as good as he always was. I just think Frankie Edgar is that good. I, hmm. think Fra- I think Frank Yeager had a game plan. I think he knew what to expect. I think he did his homework. I think Frank Yeager is one of the top guys, and I just think he's that good. But at the same time, BJ Penn, if he can't compete with the best, what's the point? But he just happened to compete with the guy. Like, if I think if BJ Penn would have fought a guy maybe a little bit lower, right. I think he would have totally won. Right. I actually absolutely think he would have won. It I- just He just happened to face a guy who's one of the top guys, not only in that division, I- but in, I- in I agree that Frank Yeager looked amazing and that's that's something to say as well because usually when someone does so poorly we don't give a lot of credit to the opponent in this case i think bj penn did poorly but i think frankie edgar still did amazing i didn't see him i didn't see him lay off like he could he maybe he could have laid off a little bit and not been as aggressive i think he was very aggressive i think he pushed forward the whole time he actually tripped bj penn and took him to the ground on purpose takedown almost looked like he just shoved in his butterfly guard Beating the crap out of him from the mm-hmm. top. Because if you notice, he didn't even, he wasn't able, like he had guard, but Frank Edgar couldn't pass it to the point where, but I think Edgar's that good where he was still able to ground and pound him, even though B. Jippin had a pretty good guard on him. Yeah. 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 I just think Edgar's that good. You know, I agree. I yeah. think Edgar's very good as well. Taking nothing away from Ang- Frankie. Yeah, yeah. To be sure. But I, I think that BJ, uh, at least mentally, you know, is, is done with MMA. I agree. Uh, I, I, I would say his head was there. for now, yeah, his, his head was definitely not there. You know, we we didn't see uh, the best BJ Penn. And, no, uh, I mean to sit in a post fight press conference 
and lay all your pride out on the table and agree with what Dana White has said mm-hmm. in the past and say, you know, Dana was right. Mm-hmm. It's my time. I got to go. You know, going out on a loss. And he actually, he, he defended his loss by saying, well, if I would have went out on a win, then he'd I... He'd be wondering, can I still go? Can yeah. I still go? And yeah. and he'd be wondering, oh, you know, was it really a win? Because he beat me twice already. Mm-hmm. So that's a weird way to put it. You know, I think if I would have... Uh, you know, loss. I would have been like, damn it, I don't want to go out on a loss. But hey, it's very valid, you know. And mm-hmm. here's here's a lesson also for for I'm gonna pitch it to amateurs as well as the pro fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tough lesson to learn. And I personally, having not fought, I don't know that I know the lesson to teach you guys. But I know that there is a point, and for everybody, it's different. Of when do you walk away from it? You know, mm-hmm. I've got guys that fight for me uh, that are one and done bucket list fighters. Mm-hmm. And even though there's a term for that. That's not, uh, that's not derogatory. You know, mm-hmm. if you know that you only want to do it once and, and that's that, get it out of your system. Good. Good for you. There's much more to life than just this sport, even though it's an awesome sport. By the same token, when you're a pro, um, one thing we, we talked about and we're watching this was I'm really happy for BJ for the fact that he's getting out at 35. He's mm-hmm. got a ridiculously fantastic legacy to be proud of. Absolutely. You know? Um, and, He's got a long life to live, you know. He's got, uh, he's got money. He's secure, and he can have a lot of a, a great future uh, as a coach, as a manager. I believe he's uh, his, his name is on a UFC gym in, uh, yeah, in Hilo. Yeah, he's, he's working on a few UFC. Yeah, gyms. yeah. He's got a lot of stuff, you know, a lot more things to populate his life and, right. and enjoy his life with. So I agree. I think it's so amazing that he's, like you said, thirty-five years old and has accomplished what he's accomplished. Yeah, and can now. He has he has 30, 40 more years to become the greatest coach of all time, the greatest mm-hmm. mentor of all time. Yeah. We could see BJ Penn's guys in you know ten, twenty years, and he could be the, a legacy as a mentor or a coach. Yeah. We don't know. Um, Can you imagine BJ Penn as the uh, judo Jean LaBelle? That's that's what I mean. <laughs> Thirty like, years from now, seriously, like I could I could so see that. I would love to see that. I hope I'm around for it. <laughs> he's a very very cool guy. So I wish wish him the best of luck with yeah. whatever he pursues yeah. after this. He's always going to be a successful guys. Guy. Go study your BJ Penn. It is seriously worth it. Fact, baby uh, J, in, the prodigy. Yep, baby J, the prodigy. In was it 2005, 2004? Mm-hmm. He fought Lyoto Machida at heavyweight. This is a guy that just made 45 <laughs> this weekend. He's insane. He showed up at 191 pounds. Okay. Machida showed up at 225. Just do the math on the weigh-in difference alone. And they fought. And they went to decision, if went, anything. Exactly. Went I'm all the way. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. That is a very, very... Go watch his fights with Matt uh, Kenny Florian, Matt Hughes, Matt Sarah, Diego Sanchez, GSP. He has given us some gems. Trust. See, I think I think a fair case for the best pound for pound fighter should be given to somebody like him because he's a guy who can go weight class to weight class and be successful in multiple ones. Well, yeah, I think that's the true definition of a pound for pound best yeah. fighter. They give it to some people, and I'm like, but how do you know they haven't been in different weight classes? BJ Penn has. Mm-hmm. Guys, yeah. are we ending? Are we wrapping up? <laughs> we are. I'm hearing the music here. All right, guys. Thank you. Tune in. We will be back on the 20th Mm -hmm. of this month to talk about some awesome fights. Thank you. My birthday's in a week. I accept presents. J-Day as well. July 16. Yep. Same birthday. Where can we find you on Twitter? I'm I'm Daria Baranato. (laughs) Find me at DariaB28. JTan716 or also U of MMA. George Hermosa at G Hermosa. July 16th, my birthday. Also mine. Find my wish list on Amazon or also go buy this book. Is this legal? Thank you. <laughs> oh, that book. I already have it. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz! See you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 